help out from Egypt. You don't need to be there to, to be helping out. The one thing that I was so bothered by with Sima was that she said, I will not move and I will not go anywhere for a man. Yes. And my right. problem with that is like, I'm 48. I'm, I'm okay. So maybe I have been married for a very long time. I would move for a man. Right. I would, if I've been pursuing love and I've been wanting to be in love right. and be in a partnership, like she's been wanting for right. so long because right. she's told Carrie so many times how she right. just would love to be in love. Why would you not? You're not yes. giving up anything of yourself. You're still the accomplished, amazing realtor that you've always been. It right. does not diminish yeah. you in right. any way. No, of course not. It's what Robin Williams has said to, said to Matt Damon in uh, Goodwill Hunting when uh, he explained to him that he doesn't know what love is. And when Robin says, he, he told him that when he had uh, talked about all the picadillos and idiosyncrasies of his ex-wife before she had passed away from cancer mm -hmm. and that she mi he missed a particular famous mm -hmm. ball game between mm -hmm. the Red Sox and the Yankees for love. He says that's what love is. Yeah. And, he, and, he, and that's what Matt Damon understood at the end of the, of the movie when he took off and that, you know. Yeah, looking for, uh-huh. Looking for that girl. For Skylar. That Skylar that mm -hmm. had eventually moved mm -hmm. to California. And so you can move for love mm -hmm. and you can, you can uproot yourself because yeah. you know, it's a you know, it's human connection. I think that's a big mistake that this this show makes is that their writing is very primitive. Yeah. It's not as good as Sex and the City was. No, it's not. Right. It's not. And I think they try to bring it back on board and maybe try to create something right. out of it. And it was okay at some point, but the, it's not. The one, the one storyline I think is spot on is uh, Charlotte and Harry. Harry. Right. Mm -hmm. I think... That is the uh, that is the <laughs> epitome of a elite elitist New York. Yeah, the top families in New York, private school education, uh, bulldozing parents, bulldozing father, helicopter mom, mm -hmm. going around chasing mm -hmm. for condoms for mm -hmm. her adopted daughter. I think they got that particular storyline exactly like it should be, and I don't mm. and and also you know the. Well, I can't remember the name of the uh, the black actress and the black husband one. Oh, Lisa Wexley. Yes, right. And I think I think that's the same also uh, African American storyline of wealth well to do mm -hmm, African Americans mm -hmm. uh, always under the pressure to do more because they've succeeded yeah. as an African American, mm -hmm. which is that much more challenging to succeed in our society as a minority, right. particularly in African Americans. So once they're up in the threshold, they have to constantly be uh, achieving for higher and higher status all the time. I think they. I think those two particular storylines. I think they, they, they got yeah. it, they got it correctly, and it wasn't over exaggerated. But the Shay and the Miranda storyline and Carrie was, was always Carrie. So Carrie's dumb. always just kind of floating in the wind. I know Tom and Lorenzo called Carrie the toxic girlfriend. Yes, and I exactly think that is a perfect is. Right. description for Carrie. Right. And I, I don't. I have a hard time reconciling <laughs> how she goes from Mr. Big to Aiden. I, know. I found Mr. Big to be a worldly guy wealthy guy a sophisticated guy Aiden I kind of feel like he's a he's he's a little bit of that he's a creative he's, he's an creative, artist right. he does work with his hands he's a, he's he's right see it, Mr. Mm -hmm. Big in his situation if he had a kid that was suicidal I think he would have handled it differently from a left brain kind of standpoint probably the, the right brain Aiden guy you know, he just he said, "I got to, I got to go back and handle my kid. I yeah. can't, I can't handle you and handle my kid." Yeah, Mr. Big kind of guy, he goes and handles both. He can figure out, he can make it to work both. He can probably bring in the kid to live with them or find some accommodations because he had the money, he had the mm -hmm. financial resources mm -hmm. to do it. Mm -hmm. That's that's how that's just how things are done. 
And I just think that she went from one, ex- not necessarily one extreme to another, but she went from one side to another side. And So let me ask you this. Do you think that they transitioned these women to señoras um, properly? appropriately because in sex in the city they were in their late 30s maybe early 40s getting married having babies that's, that's a great question and then we went through like transitions of like the two movies where samantha takes them to abu dhabi and then they like get married and anthony gets married to stanford do you think that this show really did a good transition in sending these women into their senora time, senora I, era? I don't. I didn't think they delved, and I'd have to watch the show again to probably pay attention. And maybe not because they're white right. ladies, so because they're probably if, if, not. If I had that question in my mind watching the shows, I think I would have paid attention to the idiosyncrasies because a lot of that stuff is idiosyncratic, and I don't. I don't think they delved too much, and you know, into. Uh, later stages of a, of a woman's life. Uh, maybe Miranda a little bit with the uh, sexual confusion. Mm-hmm. Uh, that could have been something that you could probably find somebody that has experience to realize that they prefer a different sex. Or, you know, Charlotte and and uh, Lisa, for example, I don't think those two, I don't, I don't think they, I mean, there was the motherhood kind of component with dealing with teenagers I can see I can see where that could possibly yeah, no, but I think the part where I have a struggle with is with with like for me as I don't know a Latina mother right. and I'm raising teenagers, and my op- my complete disgust as the way that Charlotte raises her girls, I would never allow my girls to talk to me the way they talk to me. Yes, I would never absolutely. allow Harry to talk right. to me the way he talks to right. Charlotte. I would never um, put my life away just because my girls need me. And I think she did eventually go get a job, but um, she went looking for condoms. I said, absolutely not. You're coming right. home. You don't right. have a condom. You're coming right. home. There's no way you're having yeah. And I'm very liberal, and I'm very open-minded right. with my kids, but well, absolutely liberal. not. Right. I am not going to go look for a freaking condom for you to go have sex i don't care what you say to me you're coming with me you're coming home but that's the extreme of that particular sub society that existed (sighs) because they don't want the perception of their kid getting pregnant too early i know i know but is it the mom's responsibility to go find a condom for her kid well in their in their little world it is a responsibility because they're so hung up about the perception that they have as parents in their little society of that particular well economic class I, I, I disagree. I don't like it. I don't think it's... Well, don't you don't th- have I, to like it. I don't like it I don't it know that it's necessarily... I don't yeah. like it, but that's the world they live in. Okay. Well, maybe well, I'm not very accustomed no, it's, to it's, that it's world. The, yeah, I don't know the world very well. Th- that's just the world they live in. They, the they, girls it's, don't it's, like... It's, it's which who, whose husband makes more money. It's which which uh, who has the latest iPhone, who has the latest Land Rover, who took the latest uh, trip... The, uh, in business yeah, class. Yeah, no, right? and I think we've been around so people that are always competing on that. It's sort a, of it's thing. a, it's a constant competition all the time. So if your kid is pregnant at sixteen, then you're persona non grata because you're not the amazing super mom that you're supposed to be. Right. So right. she'd rather go and get a condom for her kid so she doesn't lose that perception. I see. Right? Okay, I see because that. Because all point of a sudden, I see that. all of a sudden now your pregnant kid is going to this high end private school, and yeah. and that's pregnant. And, you know, those schools are not about the education. They're about the money. You're not getting a better education mm-hmm. there. It's about status. It's about status. So these people pay hundreds of thousands of dollars a year for tuition for a 14 or 15-year-old kid. And if, if they find that the kid's pregnant, that, that school has no qualms yeah. about letting your kid go. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. because there's 100 of the kids in a wait list trying to get in. Yeah. 
And I think what, what, what gives me the pause or gives me an issue with this, for example, when the girls were like ordering food because they didn't like what was at home, there's no way my kids would order food if they didn't like what was at home. They eat what's at home and that's it. It's the bottom line because that's what it is. It is what it is. Is it because I'm not as wealthy as them? I don't think it has to do with wealth. I think it has to do with family values. Yes. And I've taught my kids that, no, you are not going to go order food just because you don't like what we have here. You don't like what we have here, then don't eat, and you're not going to eat anything. But I'm not starving my child or anything, but I'm just not going to – I'm not going to give in to my kids' qualms. Right. Spoiled no, bullshit. Yeah, that's every there's, – there's a lot of little worlds that people live in all the time, and that's how they adjust to those worlds. And everybody's, I'm not saying that every elitist uh, New Yorker or Bostonian or somebody from L.A. or Houston acts that way. Some, you know, some parents can bring humble values into a family and they can be super wealthy. And that's a personal decision that those parents make. But, and, and they can be very confident people and, and don't care what their little sub-society that they... Uh, dictates for them. Dictates for them. Mm -hmm. but, not, but what they're trying to show and the portray in this particular show is that this society is huge in New York City, and this is exactly how it plays out. And I think they got that particular storyline spot on. Mm. Right. I listened That's to that Scott Galloway guy, and he, he had mentioned that he was part of that sub-society, and, and, and it's exactly how, the way he described it is how it comes down the show. I do miss Samantha, though, as a character, because I think she does a better job than the... Uh, Seema. Seema. Um, she, just had a, she just had a bolder personality. She was more crass. And I think she and said what she meant she, she, every she time. Right. Mm -hmm. There was no, there was no wishy-washiness. Seema's no. like indecisive. Mm -hmm. There's uh, Samantha loved you or she didn't love you. And there's really no in between. There was right. no in between. Right. And appreciate people like that. I think right. I appreciate people like that because yeah, they come across as who they are. Right. And that's it, either you take me or you leave me. And that's it. Bottom line with Seema. It's a lot like very indecisive. She doesn't yeah. know if she wants to be with him. She doesn't know if she can handle, you know, being in a relationship. She's been, you know, free for so long. She's so used to her independence. She doesn't know if she can do it. All of a sudden this guy shows interest in her. I'm like, to me, it's like, right. you're a 50 year old woman, 55, right. 56. Why are you having these qualms? Right. This is ridiculous. And she's not only in her 50s, but she's a 50-year-old woman in the, by far the most sophisticated and culture city in the world. Yeah. In New York City. For sure. Where you, they'll spit you out faster than you can probably spell your own name. <laughs> and it's just, uh, it's just, it's it's a rough and tumble world out there. So you got to, you got to fit in or not, you don't have to fit in, but you got to, uh, you got to grow a thick skin. And she acts like she has a very thin skin to things. When that particular hairstylist has said, yeah. was giving her mm -hmm, relationship advice, mm -hmm. hair advice, she just walked out of there mm -hmm. as if she was some emotional. Like, how dare he give me this advice? As she was an emotional, emotional adolescent uh, mm -hmm. girl or something like that. Mm -hmm. She shouldn't have been able to handle that better. And said, he's, hey, you know what? That's actually good advice that you're giving me. Which she eventually came back and agreed that. What the, yeah, what eventually saying, she right? did. But you either, you have to sit there and think about it for a right. bit before you get up off your chair. And I think it's the right problem i don't even think these actresses even know like i think they should they probably of, of course they don't know but i think a lot of the times is these writers assume things about people that are very limited and short-sighted yeah. and not nuanced yeah. i don't I, I don't know how that michael patrick king i think i don't know why he decided to uh i don't know how the decisions are made on the production side of why you decided yeah. to change the storyline. But a lot of it seems, looking from the outside in, is that they were trying to avoid any kind of criticism mm -hmm. from mm -hmm. the uh, woke community. Yeah. 
on Twitter and whatever. I know. Stop, stop playing yeah, to them. Playing. Just stand stop up to them. Stop playing They're to gonna... the woke community. I'm so annoyed with that. That's a, Okay, I'm going to do a podcast episode on how annoyed I get with people who play to the woke community. Right. Listen, always, they're, I'm they're, an open-minded progressive right. liberal, and I fucking hate it. Yeah. No, it it's too extreme. They're gonna too find much. they're gonna find something to complain about. There was a always gr- there was that great show about the uh, first ladies that the lady yes. that played Michelle Obama who already Viola no, Mich- Davis uh, Michelle Obama um, uh, Betty and, uh, Betty uh, Ford Eleanor Roosevelt Eleanor and Roosevelt Ford. and they didn't like it how, how Viola Davis paid that how paid she was Michelle. pursing her lips mm-hmm. too much. And that M- Michelle doesn't do that. Okay, well, maybe they can clean that up on season two. I know, but they but, canceled the whole damn but thing. But do we need to cancel the whole I show know, for some, something so idiosyncratic? Just and that show was fantastic. Right. And sh- those, those, pres- those, those first ladies weren't coming back. A second season could have been a different set of first ladies. It could have been, uh, it, it could have been, um, it could have been Hillary Clinton. It could have been Laura Bush. It could have been Barbara Bush. It could have been, mm-hmm. um, right, I can't, I can't right. remember uh, Nixon's wife. Uh, Lady Bird Johnson. I was just going to say Cynthia Nixon because I was just thinking about it, but that's not her name. (laughs) That's the actress. actress. (laughs) They could have found a different set of actresses. Yeah, I know, I know. The idea of portraying these uh, instrumental women in these uh, presidents' lives, I think, is a great concept for a show because this is the person you go to sleep with, of the president of the United States. Mm -hmm. He is the one. So true. That will tell you everything. Well, maybe not the top secret stuff, but he will tell you exactly what's going on. And the best unfiltered and unbiased advice always comes from the spouse because they Mm -hmm. don't have anything to lose. Mm -hmm. She's not on the payroll. She's not the chief of staff. She's not the national security advisor, secretary of state. There's no perception. She's outside looking in. She's outside looking in and giving you good advice. And I think how those women particularly influence these presidents I mean, Nancy Reagan was, she was notorious for the astrology and she was notorious mm-hmm, for affecting mm-hmm, Ronald Reagan. Mm-hmm. And this is the guy that gets to make the decisions that affect the entire world and to right, know right. what mm-hmm. was to go into their minds and find out. I think that's just such right. and amazing. It's, it's, it's a phasing, it's, it's unfortunate they cancel the shows, right? Yeah, it's unfortunate. Right. It's unfortunate, but again, it goes back right. to woke, what this woke community, this woke right. culture that has to be like so spot on. And, and it's like, it's insulting that she's doing that. And right. how insulting to Michelle. I bet you Michelle Obama did not give one. She didn't give a shit. Yeah. Was, yeah. She didn't come out on at the all. show and criticize no. it at all. It, we, what we learned from that show is what we kind of thought about her and kind of reinforced the fact is that she was the backbone of that marriage. Yes. And Barack Obama was the easygoing. The, yes. The, he, was the, he was the penultimate. The idealist, he, and she was, was the realist. He was the idealist, but he was, he was the penultimate father, father of daughters. Yeah. And that's how he ran his presidency. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Very, very uh, stoic. He was, he was very thoughtful. He, was, uh, mm-hmm. he had emotional uh, uh, components involved mm-hmm. in his deal. Emotional intelligence. Intelli- emotional intelligence, mm-hmm. right. And that's, that's what you see of a father of two daughters yeah. that's a caring father. And, and, and she was a stern one. And she's the one that kind of kept Barack Obama She was a check. discipline. She was a disciplinarian. Yeah, right. she was a disciplinarian. She's right. the one that held it together. She's the one that made the decisions. She established systems in the White House to make sure that everything was handled and taken care of. Right. Um, and I think 
knowing Mich- knowing Michelle from what I've read from her books, I've read all of her books, and I've, I've I read everything about her. She would have probably she would have probably not even said one damn thing about Viola Davis, just you know, pursing her lips, right? Because she's so much more. She's, she's just a great actress, and she's such a phenomenal, intelligent woman that right. she will never. I I just know this. I just feel this. She wouldn't care if Viola De- Davis pierced her lips. Right. But here we are canceling this beautiful wonderful show because right. some people got on twitter and decided that it was just too much so disrespectful right. to michelle right. like seriously yeah. it would be nice if michelle had come out and say it's not just no it would have been good of her right. do, to do that right. but i don't know she will not she doesn't do that she doesn't right. come out and do that kind of thing anyways i think we went into like a really serious like <laughs> conversation we always say it's gonna be 15 to 20 minutes <laughs> it so never is always got a lot to say a lot of things <laughs> but Thank you for being on. Oh, I'm glad to be back. I'm glad I'm still around. Okay, so you you brought some white wine. What did you bring for us today? Oh, today Just share with everybody how you've picked this wine. This wine is from Valle de Acosta. And it's from uh, northwest Italy, right by the Swiss border. And it's a very indigenous grape that is native to that particular region. Region. And it's it tastes it has very similar characteristics to a young Chablis from Burgundy, no Chardonnay. It has uh, it has a kind of little bit of that butterness, but butter butter buttery butteriness, and and it, and it doesn't have a lot of oak in it, which I like. I, I don't like a lot of oak in the wine because I'm not interested in tasting the wood. And you can get this stuff. You can get this uh, at Houston Wine Merchant over there on Shepherd and Westheimer. And it comes in a Jura-like bottle, J-U-R-A. It's beautiful. And those, it's not exactly like a Jura-like bottle, but uh, it's very similar to Jura's, just south of Burgundy, also close to the Swiss border. And there's these little fat, chubby bottles. They're not the uh, typical 750 milliliter skinny bottles that you buy. And, you know, it always catches my attention. So it's it's a great, it's a great, uh, great varietal. Thank you for bringing it in. It's beautiful. Yep. Lovely. Uh, I love so a white wine in so the summertime. So if you like, a sh- you like a Chablis that doesn't have a lot of oak, uh, this particular grape rattle from Valle de, I said Acosta, but it's actually, I think I killed a whole bottle. It's actually Valle de Aosta, A-O-S-T-E. Italian. Italian, yes. Hardcore Italian wine. Okay, beautiful. Yep. Thank you so much. Thanks, Appreciate you. Appreciate you love having you. me on. Yeah, love you too, Pumpkin.